This is Creepy and Geeky, a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Welcome to Creepy and Geeky. I'm your host, Robert, and on today's episode, we're exploring the magical world of Doctor Strange. Joining me for this episode is Kevin Urich, the host of the Video Confidential podcast and a contributor to Neon Splatter, Horror Facts, and Film Cred. Welcome back to the show, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Especially for Doctor Strange. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a, you know, good... uh, it's a good movie, so it it should be a good conversation for sure. Um, yeah, it's um, what is this? The second movie of Phase Three. So, um, we're just you know, Doctor Strange has been mentioned at least once uh, in in Captain America Winter Soldier, just kind of like as a a, a passing oh, name. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. It's and been a the, while since uh, I've seen Winter Soldier. So yeah. So yeah, so it's it's just a really offhanded um comment. It's not really like um uh, right, it's like it's pointed from, out uh, what Sitwell? Yeah, Jasper Sitwell. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's um he's mentioning that there he's a high profile target. Um but uh it's but this is really our first taste of of this in the MCU, and it's a first look at anything in the magical realms. Um, so it's a you know we've we've had a little bit of you know kind of out there storytelling now with uh, the first Guardians at this point. Um, mm. We haven't really gotten into anything crazy, too crazy yet. Uh, so this is our first real look at anything kind of really out there. Right, um, and Thor Thor did that whole thing in, in, in the first film where he's just like, well, your ancestors called it magic, and you yeah. call it science, and it's like, yeah. all right. And I was yeah, just like, exactly. no, we have magic magic. I don't yeah, know. We have real magic, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's, it's interesting. There's, I, I like it overall. Um, there's, there's a few things here. I think the villain's not super um compelling um uh Kaecilius. It's, yeah it's a very like i love yeah. mads mickelson i think he's he's yeah. great but it is very much like uh <clears throat> like it it's hard to say because it feels like they're trying to balance his villainy with with the reveal of the ancient one also being like tapped into the dark dimension so right it's like we have to you know try to show that there's 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 good people on both sides and maybe corruption yeah. isn't you know <laughs> right no and that's i mean i think that's ultimately where it comes down to also is because we get this uh moment in in the movie where caecilius is basically kind of explaining his motivations and he's not necessarily in the wrong um mm. the way he's the the way he's going about it is obviously wrong uh because you know when he's talking about how the um the ancient one is using that power from the dark dimension 
um, you know, he's trying to say, well, she's just hoarding it for herself and not using it for the good of others and everything. And it's like, well, obviously she's not being corrupted by it, you know, like they did. I mean, him and his followers instantly got corrupted by it. You know, their faces like start to turn yeah. you know, around their eyes, With start turning crazy dark. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, uh, well, something's going on here that you're not dealing with in the right way. You obviously, you know, in this quest for power, whether you were, whether your intentions were good or not, uh, right. is, uh, you know, well, kind of kind of leave something to be desired. And that's that's also the ancient one says she's like, I hated doing it. It was just, you know, yeah. I was trying to, I was trying to keep things in check as much as I could, but I, I kind of lost the path a little bit my own way. Yeah, right. And that's kind of you know, you know right. the kind of the whole thing with with everybody's story in this is like, especially obviously with Doctor Strange, where it's like, I mean, his whole quest is I'm trying to get my hands healed so I can go back to the life I had, and right. The ancient one's just like, that's the worst idea. Don't do yeah. that. You know, you're yeah. That you're life an is amazing over. sorcerer. Like you're yeah. You know, yeah, and I think that's you know you know you know going back to the beginning we meet dr strange as this you know uh highly respected and um very good uh neurosurgeon um and you know he's really good at um at, at being a neurosurgeon um and you know but it's given him an ego about it as well you know he knows he's the best and he acts like he's the best and you know it it just it's just everything comes so easy to him. Um, he's a you know. he's a cocky rich guy. I don't know if Marvel's yeah. done that one before. That sounds <laughs> sounds brand new to me. I don't know. He's yeah, a cocky rich yeah. guy with the with a goatee. I don't know. <laughs> no, I know yeah, exactly. I, that, was, that was the thing. I, I I know people were kind of jumping on this for. They were like, "Well, it's just Iron Man all over again." It's like not exactly. I mean, right? It's he. I mean, Doctor Strange goes through. I'd say more of a more of a journey than Tony Stark, an emotional journey and a journey of self-discovery than Tony Stark does in that first movie. Oh, like absolutely. He, Tony Stark gets, you know, he gets that moment where he realizes, like, I don't want to make weapons anymore. But but he I mean, Dr. Strange's whole life has changed. Like, <laughs> right. Well, and that's the interesting thing, too, because you can you can say, yes, they they had similar beginnings and they had similar um ways of becoming these heroes but i would argue that at the end of it strange is he comes out of it on the other side less cocky less yes he knows he's a, you know he knows he's a good well okay so here's the thing i now looking at it i don't think he's come out of it better because <laughs> you're going into some of the later installments of things yeah no he's just as cocky <laughs> um so yeah so him he he and tony stark have a lot in common uh, <laughs> because they continue to do things thinking they know what to do and um and it blows up in their face and that's true and that, they, that does they come to, to pass fig- multiple you know, times and, in the future <laughs> right and they do have to figure out how to fix it on their own and because they're the only ones who can then fix it you know they create a mess that only they can fix um and which is which is fun and interesting. Of course, it makes for good storytelling. But uh, yeah, no, it's definitely. I, I would say still though that you know, as much as 
you know, it seems to be that Strange tends to learn the right lessons along the way. And not that Tony yeah. doesn't, but Tony <clears throat> definitely still has a level of um, hubris uh, to himself that continues on and that, you know, Oh, absolutely. Until his death. Tony, Tony Stark so. feels like he's he's always going to be the smartest guy in the room. And it's probably <laughs> right. because he is nine times out of ten, but still. Right, exactly. And that's kind of what they're that's what makes the interplay between him and Strange later on in Infinity War so good, because it's like you have these right. two gigantic two cocky guys. Clashing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but absolutely. It's definitely, yeah, it's it's I guess it's more of a, well, in a, I guess it's more of in a way, it, it is more of an emotional journey for Strange because he learns to realize like, you know, I can't go back to this life I had. And, you know, he kind of, he's going to live this kind of life of permanent suffering, just being like, my hands are never going to be what they once were. Right. I, I, you know, I could change them in an instant if I really want to, but I, maybe I don't, maybe I want this life of being, a sorcerer and, and helping people in a different way. Right. Well, and that's the thing that he does learn too, because he, you know, he, he, you know, he loses the ability to use his hands in this car wreck. Um, and, and then, you know, when he wakes up, you know, they've, you know, done whatever they've done to mangle his hands. And then he's, he goes to every experimental procedure and everything mm. else and trying to look up all the different ways that he could possibly figure out how to um, uh, uh, repair his hands because he wants to get back to that life because he doesn't know anything else outside of that, um, which is understandable. I mean, if that's something you were good at and, um, you know, it'd be really like if Tony had lost the ability to create uh, as well and to use his hands yeah in, in that way tony ultimately yes he's got that shrapnel in his heart and yes it's you know trying to get trying to kill him and everything but he's created a device that stops that and makes it so that he can continue doing everything else he he's done strange on the other hand you know yes he gets back the use of his hands to a certain extent but that pain is still there mm. um and it's a constant reminder of of that and i think that's why he he leaves it like that because you know he finds out during the course of all this that there is this guy who was completely paralyzed and is now able to walk um and uh he finds he yeah he finds out through through everything that it's through going to this uh camartage place and you know he was able to you know use magic to do this um bringing power into himself and letting him walk so you would assume that like again that's his goal right there is to bring this power into his hands and to heal his hands in that way um and like you said you know rather than doing that he discovers along the way that you know he's a good sorcerer and that's what he wants to do his his goal in life changed uh, from being this you know well-respected neurosurgeon to becoming the sorcerer supreme and also kind of realizing like the ancient one says where she just goes, you have, and, and it's, it's, it's the other through line for the film where, you know, the ancient one and Christine Palmer both just say, it's not about you. It's, you know, you have to learn yeah. that this is like, there's a bigger, there are bigger things out there than just you and your ego. You have to 
put those things aside and it's kind of right i mean to a degree he does yeah but you know he'll 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 still keep that in in ego when he has to and just be like like you know i i am the sorcerer supreme you know don't forget that (laughs) yeah yeah exactly you know and that and that's the that's the fun thing about uh this movie is just like for me watching this like um him once he gets to Camertage and gets confronted by this, this nature of this world or this like, and not really a world, but you know, these, these dimensions that surround him that he hasn't been a part of this wider world in, in a way. Uh, once his mind is open to all that, uh, he it's, it's fun to watch him dig into that. Um, mm-hmm. Cause it's like, it's a, yeah, it's a whole new world to learn and discover and 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 figure out. And astral project and read at the same time. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, his body can rest and his he, he can still uh continue to read. Um and you know, and that's what I thought was interesting too, because you know, you've got all these other students and you know, yet he's surpassing all these people who may have been there even longer than him because he's just you know, he is obsessive about learning all this stuff, you know, so good or bad, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of what I like about this too. It speeds like most movies, you'll get the montage and things like that of him learning these things. And this handles the montage. So radically different in a way where it's just like, okay, we're going to show you like, we're going to show you how he's learning these things, but we're going to speed it up to a degree where you're just like, okay, he's, he's like basically, reached the highest level he can get to in the span of like 10 minutes instead of like 20. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that's, you know, that's kind of, I think what I think that I feel like that's a Marvel thing now where they're just like, we have to, we have to expedite as much as possible and speed through as much of an origin as we can instead of, (laughs) so we can get to kind of these bigger set pieces that, I mean, I, I didn't get a chance to see this in theaters, but even seeing this at home, I was still, extremely impressed with like the fights in the mirror dimension and things like that. Right. Like him Um, going through that subway. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, it's like all of the mirror dimension stuff is interesting. Um, And, uh, you know, it's a different take on magic too. Like, you know, the way they say in this is that, you know, they're not just like conjuring up, you know spells they're not just shooting lightning bolts at each other or anything like that it's um you know not just you know the traditional what we what we think of as as magic but more yeah. of um doing these um spells and movements and stuff like that to um take power from other dimensions and and like not take it but to borrow the power from other dimensions to be able to use and to be able to do it in in ways that um are are somewhat more grounded i guess um create creating um like shields and and portables and such so it it's it, it's interesting in the way they they do it i thought it was uh, really well done and and using the like the artifacts having having powers because they're it's like some magic's too powerful so we have to contain it in these things so right yeah i know I thought that was really good the 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 way they've uh you know kind of 
because that was something that in the in the in the Doctor Strange comic books, they you know some of that was definitely there. They talked about you know there there are definitely these objects of power. Like in the past, they they did all that. Um, in more recent years, um, they've grounded a little bit more and explained how um magic um when you use magic in the comic books um there's a price to pay um so if you are using magic then you at some point have to pay back for using that magic um and you know in whatever manner that takes um well it kind of uh, i mean they kind of reference that slightly yeah with- with Mordo towards the end when he says about, you know, when strange is, is reversing time and everything like that. And Mordo is getting ready to leave. And he just basically says like the bill comes due at some point. Right. And, and yeah. we get that post credit scene that maybe we'll never get paid off. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like that was, well, I, I know there was initially a plan for that in multiverse of madness that got changed right but but that that yeah. setup at the end is just like are we, are we gonna get that at some point like are we gonna see mordo coming back and being like there are too many wizards so are too many sorcerers so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna kill you guys right yeah no i think that uh you know it's it's definitely it, it, the in credit sequence, like I definitely think that there was stuff that was being laid down in this movie that was going to be picked up in a later movie, but because of things shifting and because of um change in director, uh that they that they ended up going in a different direction because this one was directed by Scott Derrickson, uh, who is a horror director who did um uh, what was it? Sinister. Sinister. Yeah, um, Exorcism of Emily Rose, few other. Yeah, very, very. I like his work a lot. Uh, I didn't see the Black Phone yet, but he did that as well. Oh yeah, Black Phone's really good, and that's what ended up happening was that he ended up getting to do the Black Phone and decided to go do that instead of um, uh, this, which also they were having, I guess, some creative differences with uh, not this movie, but with the next one. Um, and so I think that's why we didn't end up getting any of the continuation of any of the ideas that he had um, that he was pushing through into the next one. Uh, but I would argue that it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. I like Multiverse of Madness a lot. So, Oh, absolutely. Um, I felt Multiverse I think... of Madness really, really stepped up. Where I mean, I, this is Doctor Strange. The first one is actually one of my favorite Marvel movies, but Multiverse of Madness really steps up a lot of the the right. concepts and in, in a fun and interesting way. And the fact that it's directed right. by Sam Raimi is also <laughs> yeah. Like one yeah. Of, he's one of my all time favorite directors and he does, he does so many fun, ridiculous things in it. You can't help but enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. But this one's good. I think this one's this one, this, this first one is good because it sets up a sets up kind of the universe, even if it doesn't like, there's not ideas that get played out in the, in later things. Um, with Dr. Strange, either in the Avengers movies or uh, in his own uh, movie, that at least the the kind of the concepts of him as a Sorcerer Supreme um, kind of get uh, seeded here and, uh, you know, get get 
somewhat played off, uh, played up in, in another. Uh, oh, definitely. This things, is a really like with strong the origin yeah. movie. Like it handles the origin extremely well from, you know, the, from his hands in that, that car accident scene is, is so just like when you see his hands going under and then it's just like, Oh, you know, what's going to happen next. And then you see the aftermath. And, and that's, that's the other thing too. I really liked was uh, speaking of his growth as a character is like when he wakes up and he looks over at, the uh the other doctor who's you know they've kind of established him as a bit of a rival and not as good as strange obviously but he's just like you ruined me like you you ruined my life essentially and then at the end he's just there you know and he gives him the scalpel to operate on the ancient one when she's on the table and he's so it's kind of his growth and being like all right you know what i realized it wasn't your fault that this happened to my hands it is my fault for driving and texting, but <laughs> well, and that's the other thing though, too, that's him learning that, you know, he can't control everything and that he does have to, um, you know, hand over that control, even if it's to somebody he doesn't necessarily think is up to par, you know, he has to then trust in others. And that's, you know, part of him growing as this character, as this person, um, and it's something that you see in later things like the Avengers movies that he's in um, and everything that, you know, there's there's a portion of that that he has to give over. Um, he has to give up um, at ter- at times to you know, have something happen. So I think that's, you know, a, a huge growth moment on his part uh, mm-hmm. to show that, you know, look, he could do it. He could he probably could. But you know, he realizes in that moment that he probably shouldn't. And, mm. you know, he needs to hand it over to somebody else who at that moment is probably more than capable enough. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a very, it's, 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 it's the learning moment. It's the final, like final step on his path to becoming the Dr. Strange. We know. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, um, but it's a it's really good. I like uh, I think Benedict Cumberbatch was the great that was the best person to play him. I know that um, he was the original first um, choice, uh, but he had a conflict in scheduling. Um, so then he couldn't take it. Um, and then uh, Joaquin Phoenix was then uh, mm. potentially potentially the replacement for him. But then Joaquin Phoenix didn't want to get like didn't want to be part of something that he was going to get tied to for so long with multiple multiple things so (laughs) and now look at (laughs) yeah he's the joker (laughs) yeah but uh you know it's yeah but i'm glad benedict cumberbatch like eventually um things got pushed back enough that he was able to take on the role because i think he's just perfect at it Um, i i do like right cumberbatch Uh, I think I, I'm going to be one of those people who goes in and just is like the voice doesn't totally work for me. His American accent is not my favorite. <laughs> um, right. He could have easily kept that British accent and been totally fine. I would have been absolutely all right with it. I think it gets better as each movie goes on. But that this first one where it just feels like little like he, somebody described it perfectly where it's like he's doing Alan Rickman's. Uh, American accent and Die Hard Two or Die Hard right. when he's when he's being Bill Clay and it's just like yeah 
oh no, you're gonna kill me. And it's like, oh yeah, that's Benedict Cumberbatch right there. <laughs> but I yeah, I, I I think he is an excellent choice. I think he he manages to really uh portray all of these different emotions that this character has to go through. I mean that the scene when he's, you know, talking to Christine after his accident and she's just like, she comes in and she's telling him like, you can't do this. You don't have the money to do this anymore. You know, this is all you have to give up everything. And he says, I forget what he says. And then she just goes, this is where you apologize. And he goes, this is where you leave. And he's just, he shows the hurt, but he's also showing that sadness at like, I'm, yeah. I'm doing this to somebody that I really care about, but I'm so, you know, broken inside that I can't, you know, I can't let her see how 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 this affects me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's that's why I just think he's really good at it because he's just like he's just a really good actor in general. If anybody's seen like anything else that he's done um, and like a specifically, I think uh, his work on Sherlock um, is mm-hmm. super good. And so I think that he you know, once seeing him in that, it just was like, okay, yeah, I could definitely see him as a Doctor Strange as well. So, yeah, he pulls, um, he pulls the egotistical Sherlock, or plays the egotistical <laughs> Sherlock so well that he could just play the egotistical Doctor Strange so well. Exactly. Um, but um, you know, speaking of um, uh, Christine, uh, Rachel McAdams, um, I. She's a great actress. I I really like her. I think that she's so underused in these movies. It just oh absolutely. Like I, I <laughs> really wish she was more in them. Um, like much more of a, a major character, but she gets pushed aside for his stories so much. Uh, even yeah. in multiverse, even in multiverse of madness, where I believe she's more in it, but even still, she's barely more in it. So yeah, she's basically there, but not. It's, she's there just to sit there essentially and be be like oh wow this is crazy isn't it <laughs> but i i mean she does play a larger role in the in the what if series i guess yeah they have that yes. where he travels through the you know keeps constantly trying to fix the mistake but um yeah she's very underutilized even like even with a set piece like her doing the surgery when he's in his astral form, it's still more of a focus on him fighting against Scott Atkins in his astral form where he's just like, <laughs> right. Okay. I'm going to tell you what to do, do this. And then hit me with the, you know, hit me with the defibrillator. And she's just like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you got it, boss. Your name's in the right. title. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I, th- I think, uh, you know, she just, unfortunately, you know, hopefully, hopefully she gets more at some other point. We'll see. Um, I kind of doubt it. I think they've kind of run the course with the character. Um, I don't mm. think she'll have much it, more uh, in the future. Yeah, it feels like it gets very closed off at the end of Multiverse of Madness yeah. for her, um, for her and Strange. But then again, there's always the chance they could write something for it. I mean, there's yeah. you know infinite possibilities in this universe. Exactly. Um. And so then we got, um, you know, the ancient one played by uh, Tilda Swinton. Um, I love which is, her in this. 
Yeah, so she's much. she's really good in this. I know there was a, there was a lot of complaints about it because the original uh, ancient one in the comic books was an older uh, Asian man. And so people were kind of complaining, well, okay, well, why didn't you give it to, you know, somebody of, you know, Asian descent or whatever. And he, he did think about that. He did think about making it a woman. He, he always wanted it to be a woman because he wanted to change um, the perception on it being, you know, a singular person, but the ancient one being a title. And so when he did that, he wanted it to be a woman and he did think about it being um, an Asian woman, but he didn't want people then to just be complaining about that as well. About right, like, oh, well, it, you yeah, know, it could I, fall into that ridiculous stereotype. Yeah, of the, he wasn't going to win anyway. He did it, Asian person. You know, it's like all right, yeah. that's yeah. So he wasn't going to win either way. So he was just like, you know what, I'm just going to get Tilda Swinton, and then this this will work out well. And it did. I think that she she pulls it off very well. It, it's like a role that's um very well suited for her talents so. absolutely totally agree and uh she pulls off the bald head very well like, <laughs> she, she has does. a great head shape for it i i can't explain it like some actresses uh they they just pull off that that bald head thing so perfectly and then tilda swinton yeah. has it down like and i love <laughs> the the makeup scarring on the back of it where it's kind of just like Oh, like the ancient one's seen seen some stuff, like been through yeah. a, a a lot of battles in this time, and <laughs> and just that that sequence in the beginning, like just the fighting against Caecilius and his and his uh, zealots, and it's just like like that's amazing stunt work, and she seems to be doing a lot of it. Right. Um, so yeah, I I give every, you know, Tilda Swinton does such great work here. And you know, even her brief moment in in, in uh, Endgame, she's she's great. Like I think she's she pulls it off as as this right. character, and it and doesn't fall into the traps of like, you know, making it a little too arch or anything like that as a character. No, like, you yeah. play this character very broad, and she handles it so well. Like that scene when she just takes him to Everest, and then she's just like, "Well, most people die within seven minutes." You would probably go into shock within two. All right, I'll see you later. And then she's, you know, they're waiting. And then she just goes, well, maybe I should go and take it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what's interesting, too, though, because, you know, the character, she obviously knows more about Steven than she lets on um, mm. and about what he's capable of and what what he will eventually become. You know, obviously, because, you know, she's got the eye of Agamotto, which has the time stone in it. Um, and so, you know, she can. She knows what's going to happen. So she knows, like, you know, or at least she knows the possible um, uh, future um, as long as, you know, things go according to plan. And so, you know, it's it's. I think that's what makes it interesting in those moments where, you know, she, she trusts that he'll, he'll rise to the occasion because that's what you, right. she's seen the possible future of him doing that. So, and that's, and that's the other great scene when she's basically, she's on her deathbed essentially. And she's yeah. astral projected out and she's just like, she tells him like, I've seen this moment countless times but I've never seen any further. So I know this has to be the moment where I, you know, she can only see so far. She can't, 
go beyond right. her own her own lifespan or anything like that. So she knows this is my moment, but I'm going to let you know that you are, you know, you're so much more than this brilliant surgeon that you thought you were. Because, you know, he, he says like, oh, you know, I can get my hands back. I can go back to my old life. And she just tells him and the world would be lesser for it. You know, you're right. Your brilliance as a sorcerer is what could change the entire world, really, if we, you know. Right. And she she's letting him know and she's telling him, like, my time's done. I, you know, I I've lived a life. I've done things that I regret. I've taken this power from the dark dimension but if it helps lead you on this path to becoming the Sorcerer Supreme, then I'm I'm glad I did it. Yeah, no, and I I, I think it's you know because what she's basically saying to him is that sure you could heal your hands and you could then go save what maybe hundreds of people over the rest of your life. That's great. That's that's not a bad thing, but yeah. if you don't do that and you become this sorcerer and 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 keep being this sorcerer, then you could potentially save millions, billions, even, you know, and you know that's that's mm-hmm. you know more important than just going back and becoming this surgeon. You know, going back to this old life, you know, that is no longer for you. You know, you've risen above this now. You you've 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 gone to an, another um new part of your life that mm. now is more important than just being the neurosurgeon. So right, you could help save half of all life on Earth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're not going to foreshadow anything. Don't worry. But <laughs> right, exactly. But you but, could yeah, save no. a lot of people, Stephen. yeah so it's you know it's a great sequence though because you know it's it's definitely um you know is that turning point aspect for him where he can he has to make the choice is he gonna step up and become the hero and you know embrace his new destiny or is he gonna slide backwards and you know, reject everything and uh, and you know obviously we all know the hero's journey is he's gonna he's gonna accept his new destiny and 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 continue and forward. i do i so. do love that moment but when and, and you know he accepts it and he's putting up the cloak and he puts on the lifts up the collar of the cloak and he's just like yeah yeah it's like it's that cool you know supposed to be the i guess quote-unquote badass moment of the movie and then the, right. the cloak is like rubbing a smudge on his face and it's just like <laughs> okay stop stop <laughs> Yeah. Like and apparently that Oh god. No, go ahead. I was just saying he he accepts who he is and you know, we have a nice yeah. little joke with it. Yeah. And apparently that was actually his idea. Uh was to have the cloak do that. Um <laughs> and so he 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 mentioned it to them and they were like, "You know what? That's a good idea." So they went ahead and animated it. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works perfectly. It takes it, oh, yeah. it it doesn't deflate the scene. It adds a nice little punch to it where it's just like all right we we were very serious in those last couple of minutes let's just lighten things up because we're getting to the craziest finale we can get to (laughs) right which is another thing i love about this movie is is the finale of it oh yeah 
No. And, you know, we, we get, um, I want to talk briefly about a, a couple of the side characters and we have already mentioned sure. him Absolutely. once was, uh, Mordo, um, which is, um, sort of like it's you're, they're meant to become friends, but you never feel like to me, they never felt like they truly became friends. Um, they just became like, you know, classmates, you know, somebody yeah, that you can, you know, friendly enough. Don't get me wrong, but they never felt like they became true comrades. Um, yeah. He, he seems to push for strange really hard in the beginning. And then it's just like, yeah, all right, I'm going to uh, show you some stuff. And uh, yeah. Oh, you did. You brought him into the mirror dimension. Well, that was a mistake. You should have done that. It's like, could you be more constructive? Like, please. Yeah. At, at all. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's 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 interesting, like, you know, but it's also, I think, partially because um, Strange starts to outshine him. Um, and, you know, there's that um, that jealousy, like there's a little bit of jealousy in there um, mm. that um, that Strange is outshining him and he's becoming the more favored student of the Ancient One. And, you know, and he's obviously becoming much be better and bigger and, and and stronger than he was and you know he uses the time stone and they all freak out and you know but you know, obviously you know the the ancient one was just kind of like okay you know yes that you know yes he did that but he did well with it so yeah. <laughs> you know uh but yeah so it's a, I, I i do find that an interesting relationship that it's not um that they kind of build it up but at the same time, there is that that distance, and I think that jealousy, and they they, they pit that because in the comic books, uh, Mordo is a villain. Mm -hmm. um, he he's um, just another sorcerer, of course. That um, that just is an antagonist for uh, Doctor Strange, off and on again. So you know, so they're kind of building it up, and you, you know, we we mentioned the 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 end credit sequence. Um, with Mordo, where he's kind of taken on this villainous turn um, that doesn't get really picked up uh, again in the future. I mean, kind of in, kind of in multiverse of madness, uh, but kind of like it's it's mentioned, kind of like that they're not friendly anymore. But that's about it. Yeah, so, um, it's yeah, it's very glossed over. <laughs> yeah. But the big one and the and the one that's interesting in this one is Wong um, that he in this one, he's kind of lackluster. He's, he, he gets his his role gets built up over um, the course of other movies. Um, mm. Yeah, he's and, very, uh, very just kind of has has OK moments, but is very yeah. just kind of more reactionary in this right. than anything like with the scene in the library when right. when strange is using the sling ring and stealing all of the books behind his <laughs> right. back while he's listening he's... to single ladies which i i think is kind of funny but he's just he's a yeah. very reactionary character and i love that that character they let him just be like we're gonna let him shine in the next yeah you know, multiple movies and on she hulk and everything we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna let benedict wong just destroy because he's so yeah. so funny and so good <laughs> yeah and it's it, it's funny because again this is a departure from the comic books because in the comic books wong is just um dr strange's like manservant uh at mm. his house like he's just the guy he's like his butler 
Um, and so he just does everything. Um, you know, and I, I believe, you know, they beefed up the character over the years too, to obviously have some magical background and, and, and um, so they, they, this character in the movie is slightly altered, of course. So to be, um, a, a student at the school as well, um, at Camartage. And, um, yeah. So, and later on, yes, they're both in the house together and they both kind of become, uh, the caretakers of the New York, um, sanctum mm. and, uh, and eventually of course, Wong becomes Sorcerer Supreme himself, uh, while, <laughs> while strangers, <laughs> yeah, on a technicality, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he gets it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun character that gets more fun later. He has some good moments in this, in this first movie, but he definitely gets more screen time and more, um, uh, fleshed out in other things, like you said, in She-Hulk and, and other stuff where he gets, he gets more time to shine, which I, uh, which I enjoy. So. He's, yeah, he's definitely become one of my favorite characters to see. Um, oh yeah, whenever he pops up, like like <laughs> She Hulk, She Hulk was probably the most fun I've had with him. Where I just see, oh him yeah, watching like The Sopranos and This Is Us, and then <laughs> and and the character of Madison, just like him and her right. having this fun interplay where she's just like Wongers, and it's just like. Like and he's just like, oh no, please! Like, <laughs> <sighs> yep. But then they're later on sitting on the couch watching the show together. So you know they obviously became friends. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, it's it's a fun character. Um, but yeah, um, let's uh let's talk about this ending now. Um, because you know through the course of all of this, uh, Caecilius and his acolytes have been um trying to take out. Uh, the three different sanctums. There's one in London, there's one in New York, and there's one in Hong Kong. And uh, so now they're, you know, they've taken out the one in London, and they're trying to take out the the one in, uh, and they tried to take out the one in New York, but Strange managed to stop them. And so now they're trying to um, take on the one at Hong Kong. And by the time Strange uh, manages to get there, uh, it's been taken. Everybody's dead. Um, the street is like um, wrecked. Uh, everywhere around it um and he and wong is dead like everybody's just dead um yeah, i love that it's a loss it is automatically yeah. like oh we've already lost <laughs> yeah um and then you know he obviously he uses the the time stone to uh rewind things back um and he realizes through the course of this you know he doesn't need to be fighting caecilius you know he needs to go and um talk to dormammu the ruler of the dark dimension um and it's this he needs great to talk sequence. to himself <laughs> yeah 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 exactly you know because he was as well like... yeah well and it was interesting too because i think it, i think again this was something that uh cumberbatch himself um uh, suggested was that you know he played both a hero and a villain in this and that um you know and then uh scott derrickson was like you know that's a really good idea because you know it's it's you you talking to this overinflated ego version of yourself. I mean, what this would be like if you had all this power and everything. And so it's a, uh, you know, he, he gets, he 
transports himself over into the dark dimension uh to you know go talk to Dormammu and he's just you know trying to you know like he said he's trying to bargain with him um he wants uh him to stay out of you know earth and you know but meanwhile Dormammu keeps trying to kill him or actually does kill him but mm-hmm. strange was smart and created a time loop uh that neither one of them could get out of until uh Dormammu makes the bargain um so yeah because it's 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 it's, i love the brilliant thing where it's just like i'm a i'm a it's a superhero movie where the hero because also the scene earlier when they're attacking the new york sanctum he kills one of the acolytes and he tells the ancient one like i'm a doctor i took an oath to do no harm and i've just killed someone i can't i can't do that that's not what i'm gonna do i mean granted he does like later on as they're doing the using the time stone he's just like i'm gonna throw you into a wall um I, i'm gonna kaecilius i'm gonna throw you into a wall uh mordo why don't you throw that guy into a fish tank and you know, he's just kind of he's like I, I mean granted he knows like all right these are magical beings they'll get out of it but um yeah he's he's a superhero who doesn't throw a punch to defeat the villain he's he goes yeah. in and he's just like i'm here to bargain with you he wins and, by not fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, and I love the lines too, where he's like the two lines that I love from Benedict Cumberbatch in this are when, uh, Dormammu is, you know, he's telling Dormammu like, Oh, you know, the earth is going to be safe. Um, and Dormammu's like, well, you're never going to win. He's just like, but I can lose. I can lose again and again and again, as long as it keeps them safe. And then uh, the other line that, and it just, it, you know, it makes me feel very emotional about it when he's just, he tells him like, uh, he just says pain is an old friend. Like he's, yeah. <laughs> he's basically just like, I've lived with this horrible damage done to my hands that I can't even move them without uncontrollably shaking. I've, you know, this, this is my life now. I'm used to yeah. this pain. So I'm, I'm happy to die if it means I can save the world. Yeah, exactly. You know, yes, it sucks. And, you know, yes, he's feeling all this pain, but you know, he's doing it so that he can save everybody else. And that's the ultimate moment right there for him is that he's thinking outside of himself and doing what he can to save the world. And if that means he has to sacrifice himself over and over and over again, uh, to stop this guy from destroying the world, you know, it, it it's what it takes. So, no, I do have to ask though, what's your favorite death out of all of his deaths? <laughs> oh, um, probably when he gets like impaled like a whole bunch, um, just because it's that's just a, that's when, a good one, kind of gnarly ish. So. I think mine is uh, just when he gets crushed because right? he's about yeah. to he's about to drop the f bomb, and then it's just like he's crushed (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah no it's a it's you know it's a great sequence because it just shows you know you know one that he's he's making this sacrifice and two that he's um using intelligence rather than you know having to actually fight you know he's using his brain to to fight rather than you know his his skills or anything else to you know he's he's forcing the villain to give up um, without a fight. And uh, yeah, he's he's using he's using everything he's learned to realize I can win this fight without fighting. I don't have to. Yeah. 
I don't like this. Granted, this thing's this thing's bigger than me, so I know I can't yeah. win physically. So I'm just going to use what I have, and that's my brain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's yeah, and and in this instance, it's taking all of his skills. You know, you know this this intelligence that he has, the, the magical ability that he has. And, you know, just kind of rolling it all into one to, you know, make sure that he can win the day and to, you know, save, you know, everybody uh, as much as possible. And, uh, you know, he wins. Um, he manages to get Kaecilius and the Acolytes pulled into the dark dimension and removed from Earth completely. And uh, in the in the process, they, um, you see them transform. And uh, they transform into these creatures in the comic books uh, that are called the mindless ones. Um, and they're just, you know, these one-eyed hulking uh, beasts that are controlled by Dormammu. They're just as like, you know, his, uh, his, uh, I guess, uh, what is um, his foot soldiers or whatever. So. Cause yeah, I do. I do love that. He goes back and, and it's just that moment where Caecilius is like, what did you do? And he's like, oh, I'm giving you everything you wanted. You're going to be yeah. part of the one. And he just immediately goes, and you're not going to like it. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to get what you want, but it's not going to be how you want it. So, but yeah. And then in that in that moment, you know, Strange gets back um, and uh, reverses all the damage and everything. And uh, Mordo isn't happy. Uh, Mordo just thinks that he is um, using too much power and uh, without any kind of responsibility for it. Um, and, uh, you know, it, and, and he just walks away. He's like, I'm not going to be part of this new any longer. And, uh, you know, there's, it's a little weird, you know, in, in my opinion, I just think like, I get his point to a degree, but I think he's going too far with it. Again, he be, he goes too far with this idea of, you know, and this is what we learn in the end credit sequence as well, that, uh, you know, he, the guy who originally uh, Strange found out about who was able to use the magic to heal his spine and walk again, uh, Mordo goes to him and just rips the magic out of him. And, uh, you know, and says... Uh, that as this is the problem uh, right now, there's too many sorcerers. Um, mm -hmm. So and that it's it's also earlier when the uh, the ancient one is is about to die, and she tells him like, Mordo's rigid in his in his beliefs, and yeah. he needs you. He needs your flexibility to to kind of balance him out. But at that point, it's, just, it's already too late. Mordo's just like, I have to go. I'm. I don't like what you're doing and I've you know I've I've seen I've seen too many people that I know and thought I cared about using stuff that I don't like <laughs> using methods that I right. don't care for. So yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take this up a notch and destroy all of the sorcerers in the world that I can find. Right. Like I'm going to take it to a, a a more extreme place than what is necessary. Um, but yeah, can't have um, a nice sit down. I'm going to, I'm going to destroy you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah. And so I'm like, I'm not upset in any way that they haven't completed the Mordo storyline just cause I'm like, eh, it's to me, it doesn't feel as interesting. Um, 
as uh, as other things that they could be doing instead. Maybe down the road, maybe make it a little side um, storyline, you know, a secondary B plot of one of the movies or something like that. But I don't want to see him become a major villain. Um, yeah, that I know. He has to deal with. Well, I think what was the uh, from what I remember, the original plan was they were going to kill him like almost immediately in Multiverse of Madness, I think. Oh, really? Like, I think, yeah, the Mordo from our world was going to be killed by Scarlet Witch, like in the beginning. Oh, okay. and then it was like, OK, so we're we're just pulling that thread and getting rid of that. So we're good. And <laughs> but I think they realized, like, oh, we'll just save it for later. We have a lot. We have a lot of threads where we're, you know, tying into this one. So we can't really. Right. But I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to see Mordo come back in some capacity. Maybe. I mean, I know they've said, what is it? The the Kang dynasty is supposed to be the biggest MCU like crossover film of all of them. Like the cast is supposed right. to be gigantic, like even bigger than Endgame. So. Maybe we'll see Mordo in there. He'll just be like a quick wave and then he'll get like destroyed by one of the multiple Kangs. Right. We're like, hello, Steven. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, think I, I will say that oh, the yeah. final shot, that final shot when he's putting on the watch is very nice oh, and yeah. very emotional. And he see, we see that the watch, because the watch has been such a through line of the film, that it's a right. nice little it's actually from Christine, so that's why it holds such sentimental value to him. And then we see his hands still shaking, still scarred, everything like that. So he hasn't healed him. And then just that shot, you see the sanctum outside and you see New York. And that's just like such a good final shot of everything before we get the, right. the one mid cred scene from Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's completely just a scene from Thor Ragnarok. That's yeah. funny. Oh man. Um, but yeah, so I mean it's you know, and the watch definitely plays a role in multiverse of madness, uh, again. Um, mm. so it's definitely something that keeps coming back. Um, but yeah, I think you know, this is a good movie. I like it a lot. I like how it sets up uh, not only Doctor Strange, but the world of magic in general, um, that we get that we kind of tap into um here and there um going forward, um, not just with you know, Doctor Strange, but with Wong and you know in, in Spider-Man No Way Home and everything. So there's definitely some more fun to be had with it. Um so it's it's it's, a, yeah. it's a fun movie though. It's definitely definitely one I go back to more frequently than some in the in the MCU. Um right. it's it's yeah it's a lot of fun. It's very excellent visually um i like the characters a lot and and it handles the origin in in a unique way as opposed to just kind of being very straightforward just like basic origin film right exactly yeah no it's a it's 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 i think that you know there's definitely and it lays a lot of groundwork for things to come in the future um, and like we mentioned, there's stuff in, you know, Infinity War and everything that, you know, and in Endgame uh, that, um, you know, are con- are connected to this movie uh, uh, after that point. So it's nice to see, you know, things laid out in this movie that get picked up later. Definitely. It's a def- it's a very good stepping stone into what's into what's coming later in the MCU. Right. 
yeah and very necessary stepping stone as well so right it's not one it it's it's not um it doesn't try to throw a lot in where like some some of the MCU movies in this era are kind of going for that like yeah we're going to uh just kind of name check a few things here and there and and do some easter eggs and things like that you know, the, the biggest thing i say we get in this is Wong mentions like, oh, well, when the Avengers, the Avengers protect us from certain threats, you know, and, and we handle things on the more mystical plane. And it's right. Like, okay. That, that's all we need. That's all I need to know. You don't need to keep name checking people like, man, Thor would really be a good dude to have <laughs> in this situation. And, you know, and obviously setting up the infinity stones, uh, with the eye of Agamotto, uh, but other than that, yeah, it feels very much like, okay, we're just, we're keeping this as self-contained, but we're also setting up what's coming later in this world. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, that's all I've got to say about this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, I appreciate you coming on to uh, talk about it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Glad to come uh, on. This is like yeah. this is a fun a fun movie to talk about. As opposed to with Incredible Hulk, where it was a fun movie to talk about but not fun to watch. This was fun to watch <laughs> and fun to talk about. So that's yeah. that's definitely a bigger win than 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 the last movie I was here to talk about. <laughs> and I like the lead way more than in the last movie. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh that's funny. Well, why don't you let people know where they can find you online? I am on uh, Twitter at Kevin underscore you underscore 87. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Kevin Thomas, 1987. And I'm on blue sky as Kevin, you 87. So I'm pretty easy to find nothing too drastic as far as changes, except for on Instagram. Um, yeah. Other than that, I, uh, Currently, no new episodes of my podcast at uh, Video Confidential, but working on that for the spooky season. Um, All right. So yeah, if you're if you're ever looking for me, just uh, just type in Kevin Yu, and you're bound to find me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks again. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks again to Kevin for joining me. On Monday, Christy Adams from Nightmare Toys returns to talk about Saw 3 and 4. And on Friday, Ashley Thomas from Podcast 616 returns to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Thanks for listening. Creepy and Geeky is a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Please check out morbidlybeautiful.com slash podcasts for more great shows. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving the show five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, please share the podcast on social media to help spread the word. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or at creepyandgeeky.com. Music for the podcast is Gratitude, composed by Jerry Smith. You can follow the podcast on social media at creepyandgeeky on both Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to follow me, I'm GeekThulu on Twitter and Blue Sky, and Geek.Thulu on Instagram. You can support the podcast by ordering teas and more on TeePublic or by donating to the coffee page. All of the links are in the show notes. Finally, don't forget, stay creepy. <laughs> <laughs>